I turn your attention this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12. I want to read one verse from the book of Genesis and then we're going to uh, go over to the book of John uh, chapter 1 and begin reading in verse 11. But we'll begin in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12. <coughs> Genesis 28 and verse 12. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Of course, this is referring to the dream of Jacob in Genesis. Now, as we read over in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, we look at verse 11 of John chapter 1. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, everybody say his fullness, have all we received in grace for grace. Jesus Christ was the fullness of God manifest in flesh. And then reading down in verse 51 of John chapter 1, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open." And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject, the ladder of heaven. The ladder of heaven. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. It's interesting that the only time that word ladder is used in the entire Bible is the one verse that we read in Genesis and it's when Jacob was forced to flee from his family. After deceiving his father, who was quite elderly and was blind, Isaac, he wanted that birthright. He wanted that blessing. He had a twin brother, Esau, that was born just moments before him. And that birthright and that blessing was to go to the oldest son. But Jacob was so hungry for it that under his mom's tutelage and guidance, he was able to trick his father into thinking that he was Esau and the blessing was given. And so when Esau found out that his birthright blessing had been given to his younger brother, uh, he was filled with wrath. He was filled with anger. And he determined and declared that he would slay his twin brother. Of course, when this uh, reached the tent where uh, Jacob was, he immediately uh, felt the, the weight of that declaration. Uh, fear came into him, and he said, what should I do? And his mother uh, instructed him and then took him to his father, and his father gave the same instruction, and that was that he was to leave the camp. He was to run. He was directed 
to cross the desert and to find his, his uncle Laban who lived over in Syria. He said, you've got to go and, and find your mother's brother Laban and there maybe you will find some uh, family and, and, and raise a family and, and, and so forth there in that area because you will uh, not be able to stay here. And so Jacob sets out. Uh, having been cast out of his home, cast out of his natural surroundings, uh, his twin brother filled with anger toward him, and he goes out into the desert with nothing but the blessing and the birthright. Sometimes just you and the blessing of God is enough. Everything else can be against you. Circumstances can point the wrong way. It may look like you're at the end of your rope. But oh, my friend, if you've got God, you've got all you need. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. In the first night out in the wilderness, he's exhausted, as you can imagine. He's lonely. He's hurting. He falls asleep with his head on a rock. The Bible talks about being kind of a makeshift pillow. I don't know how that works. I can't imagine a rock being any sort of a pillow. But he gathered what he could where he was at, try to find some place to rest his weary soul. And as he falls asleep, the Lord gives him a very vivid dream. It's worth noting that in this dream that the Lord gives him that night, it's worth noting that the Lord is very quick to establish his presence, even though Jacob has been removed from all of his natural relationships, God is quick to establish that he hasn't fled from Jacob. That he has not pushed Jacob away. Even though Jacob, I'm sure, as he has walked through this one day's journey and he's now laying in this wilderness area for this first evening out in the, in the wild, I'm sure that Jacob is rehashing, as we do in our humanity, all of the mistakes that he had made. All of the things that he did. I'm sure he, He thought it all through and had regrets. I I shouldn't have done that. I should have done it this way. I should have done it that way. And and he, I'm sure, felt the weight of those decisions. And now he's all by himself. But God comes close. Oh, I want to just stop and remind all of us today that always remember this fact. God comes close when others are far. When relationships or friends or jobs, bosses, whatever the situation may be, put you in a place of distance where you feel like that you have been done wrong or you feel like that you are being ostracized, isolated, I've come to remind you that God is not that way. In fact, God not only refuses to follow the trend of men, He is a God that operates exactly opposite from what our human relationships do. When people will push away, God pushes close. When others will back up, 
God moves forward. Oh, hallelujah. When you feel like you're all by yourself, I've come to remind somebody in this building today, you're not by yourself. God is near. And He's as close as the very mention of His name. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, if you're all by yourself, you can call out to God and God will hear your cry. And God will establish that He will be your God if you'll follow Him, if you'll follow the principles of His Word. God will come close to you. God is near. He doesn't follow the trajectory of men. He's not subject to peer pressure. He's not given to a mob mentality. He does not pile on. He's God all by himself. So he can respond opposite of what others are doing. And God meets with Jacob that very first night in the wilderness, just as he did Hagar whenever she was forced to leave the camp of Abraham through no fault of her own. And yet she was forced to be removed from the camp because of politics, because of envy. She was forced to leave. But God met with her. Oh, hallelujah. Even though she was pushed out of the camp, God met with her and her son. Hallelujah. And God, hallelujah, is a faithful God. In this dream, God tells Jacob that he will keep him and bless him. He declares that he will not leave him and that one day he will return him to this land. He removes uh, uh, the doubt and the fear in Jacob's heart. And he renews the promise that he made to his grandfather, uh, Abraham, that his seed would be as the dust of the earth. And through his lineage, all the families of the earth would be blessed. We've lived long enough. We have seen now thousands of years later how that indeed was a promise that is still true today in the 21st century. But when God makes a covenant, when God makes an agreement, when God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. It is sure. It is settled. God's word is forever settled in heaven and on earth. And on earth it's forever settled. Jacob wakes up and he makes a vow that if God will keep him and provide for him and one day return him to his father's house in peace, that indeed Jacob would serve this God, this Jehovah God, this God that he had been taught as a child. Uh, this is an important uh, decision that every young adult has to make in life. You've got to decide for yourself, are you going to serve God? You've heard it taught. You've been in church services. You've been taught in Sunday school. You've read it in the Bible. But it's incumbent upon every one of us to make a decision that we're going to serve God for ourselves. It's not enough to just be raised in church. There comes a time when you've got to make a decision that God will be your God. And that you will serve Him for yourself. That's a crucial crossroads that every single individual has to come to. Doesn't matter if you come out of a lifestyle that wasn't church-based or if you were raised in church. If you had godly parents and grandparents, you got to make up in your mind like Jacob did. That I'm going to serve Him. Hallelujah. That I believe what I've been taught. That I'm going to stake my life on the principles of the Word of God. I've come to tell you, if you'll make that decision, God will be with you. God will keep you. There'll be troubled times, I'm sure. There'll be dark days, I'm sure. But God is a faithful God. He is a faithful friend. And He will walk with you every day of your life. Oh, yes, He will. The dream that God gave... 
that Jacob featured a ladder, a ladder. I'm sure it wasn't a new fangled ladder like this one, but it was a ladder. A ladder is basically a ladder. And I'm sure this thing's got all kind of patents because it's got a lot of different locking mechanisms and things that can happen that make it go up and down and it can lay flat. It can do this A-frame deal. It's got these locking mechanisms and this thing looks like it's, I'm going to tell you what, I've had that ladder a long time right there. You get a ladder like that and it'll just stick with you through thick and thin, boy. That's a solid ladder right there. <laughs> I can tell some of y'all want me to climb it and kill myself on it. <laughs> Give me a moment. I got to get my courage up. <laughs> Here's what I love about the Lord, though. The Lord uses things like a ladder in the dream. You know, when he taught and, 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 and when he was on this earth, the form of Jesus, he gave all of these parables and illustrations. And he used things that people could understand. Now, he was teaching these timeless truths, but... He would illustrate it in a way that a farmer could understand it or a fisherman or a carpenter or anybody that was working with their hands. They could understand that God would put uh, examples and he would illustrate. And those are still given to us through the word of God. That's what I love about the Lord. He makes it clear. Jacob is no exception to that principle. He gives them a ladder. We understand a ladder. We know how ladders work. We know there's basically, you know, it's not rocket science. You got these, you know, these different rungs and you, you climb up on them and you put it against a wall or you lean it, and he gives Jacob a ladder. I'm glad that he did to illustrate to him. You say, well, what's so uh, crucial about this ladder? Well, first of all, it's something we're familiar with. I'm sure Jacob was familiar with a ladder. I don't know what he needed a ladder for. I don't know if he had to have it to put, you know, Christmas lights on the top of his tent. I'm not sure what he needed. For a ladder, but I'm sure he needed a ladder. You got to go up in a tree, got to put a ladder up. They created a ladder. They found a way to carve the wood and create ladders, but he found a way. He found a way to get the point across to Jacob by using a ladder. Well, there's some things about a ladder I want to establish today. First of all, a ladder is the most dangerous item in your home. Now, that doesn't look dangerous. But that thing is dangerous. More accidents happen with ladders than anything else in your house. I was putting Christmas lights on the front of my house several years ago and had that ladder up against the side of it. And I was up there slipping and sliding around, trying to hang, hanging off the front, trying to clip in to the gutter Christmas lights. And I said, Lord, if you'll get me off this roof, I promise I'll never come back up here again. <laughs> hang Christmas lights. It's not worth dying getting up there on the top of a roof for Christmas lights. So for several years, we haven't had Christmas lights on the front of our house. And if you don't drive, you drive by and you don't like it, too bad for you. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm not going to die with Christmas lights. But the day I come out of the house and there was a ladder up against the house. And I looked up there and there's my son Luke at the top of the house putting up Christmas lights. I said, Luke, what are you doing? He said, I'm putting up Christmas lights. I said, okay, good. Good for you. Because when you're that age and you fall, you bounce. At my age, you fall, you splat. 
There's a big difference. My wife didn't see it that way. She said, what's Luke, Luke doing? I said, he's putting lights up there. Good for him. She said, he doesn't need to be up there. I said, he's 18 years old. Let him climb. He's going to climb something. If you come to visit me this year, I got Christmas lights. <laughs> Why do we all have ladders if they're so dangerous? Why do we have them? Well, because they're needed. They're needed to connect you to a place that you can't get to on your own. That's why we got ladders. That's why they've had ladders for thousands of years. Because they're needed. They get you to a place that you can't get to on your own. I can step up here. The most important thing about a ladder... You didn't realize this was a Home Depot demo this morning, did you? Most important thing about ladders, you got to make sure it's on a good foundation before you step on it. Make sure it's not going to go out from under you. You got to make sure you're on solid ground. If you get on the side of a mountain or you got gravel or loose stuff underneath, it's going to be a problem. But you got to make sure you're on good ground. This thing here is locked in. It's got these mechanisms. It's got a patent. Guaranteed by the U.S. government what could go wrong. Some of y'all got that. <laughs> that was free. And this platform's level. This is some kind of a good aluminum something, something strong. All right. I got confidence in it. I'm going to take a step. Thank you very much. Your applause has encouraged me so much. I'm willing to take another step. Next week, I'll be juggling. It's going to be quite a season. <laughs> but if you're going to have a ladder, you better make sure it's on firm foundation. This ladder was given as a visual aid to help Jacob to understand that God that was in heaven, he was going to be connected to Jacob. Because he gives him something in the natural to illustrate a spiritual principle. That heaven and earth is connected. May not feel like it's connected, because we're on earth. But it is connected. And when it's connected, you and I, if we're going to use the ladder, if we're going to venture out and take a step on that first rung, move toward a spiritual relationship with God. We have to have confidence that it's on a firm foundation. But I've come to tell you today that when this ladder from heaven is presented to you and I, I want to remind you today that it's on firm foundation. I said it's on a firm foundation. There's a reason why the Bible talks about him being a rock and being the chief cornerstone that you can base your life upon. Everything else is shifting sand. But I've come to tell you, the ladder of heaven is built on a firm foundation. Any step that you take for God, 
He's not going to allow you to fall flat on your face. He's going to be a God that will be with you through thick and thin. He's going to keep you through troubled times and dark skies and thunder and lightning and all of the crisis and the problems of life. God is a faithful God that gives us a sure footing and a sure place. Sometimes you got to just take hold of it one step at a time, one rung at a time. When you get on a ladder, you don't just stand here and jump up on the top of it. Maybe you do if you're young, but if you're old like me, you take it one step at a time. You don't just jump up here. You just take a step. You go one rung at a time. And I know it can be scary because you're changing. You're changing your position. We were down in uh, Dominican Republic with Brother Joel Urshan and his church, and we had 10 guys from our church, 10 men from his church. We were building a church down in the Dominican Republic. There was a lot of ladders because we had to put the roof on. And Brother Joel Urshan got a fear of heights. And so we saw him starting to go up a ladder. I went over there and stood by him. And I saw him step up on that first rung. And he got up on that first rung. He started saying, Heidi, 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 Heidi. And he went up on the next rung. He said, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. I said, Heidi's his wife's name. I said, Joel, why are you saying Heidi, 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 Heidi? He said, because the Bible said, perfect love casteth out all fear. (laughs) Uh, But a ladder can change your perspective. It it can change your elevation. But once you've got that, that strong foundation, you don't have to be afraid to take that step. It's a, it's a scary thing sometimes to take a step for the Lord. To step out from the pew and come to an altar. You say, well, that's not a ladder. Yeah, it is. We think of walking in a linear plane of being able to move toward the Lord when we come to Him. But just like there's a, a vertical ladder in our life between heaven and earth, between God and man, there's also that linear ladder where we say, Lord... I'm going to move toward you. Everything in my flesh is telling me to retreat, to move away from God, to move away from your holy presence. But yet in my spirit, I'm going to move toward you. Oh, my friend, you'll never regret that decision. When you say, Lord, I'm going to embrace the principles of your word. I don't care what anybody says. I believe what you said in your word. I'm going to live by the principles. I'm going to come to the Lord today. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to ask you to forgive me of my sins. Uh, Oh, my friend, that's the way God is. God works in strange and mysterious ways. Uh, All he's wanting you to do is take that first step. Uh, I said he'll meet you more than halfway, but you got to take that first step. You got to make up in your mind. I'm not going to be afraid. I trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel his love. I feel him calling me and drawing me. And if you do, I've come to tell you, the Lord will meet you. But you know what we do sometimes? We talk ourselves out of coming to the Lord whenever we say God could never love us because of all the mistakes that I've made and because of my background and because of what I used to be. And we talk ourselves out of taking a step on that ladder because we feel like we've done too much. Well, I've got news for you. The Lord give us an example in the Word of God that I want to bring out to your attention today that lets us know that no one is excluded from God's divine plan for your life. The ladder of heaven reaches every single one of us. In the scripture we see that because we see that though this is a divine ladder and though it originated from heaven, it's firmly planted on the ground. If I can say it this way, it went all the way to the ground. 
Here's what the Bible says in the text that we read. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. Everybody say, on the earth. It was set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. But the bottom of it was on the earth. What Jacob saw in this vision was a ladder from heaven to earth, but it didn't just come down out of the clouds and hover somewhere in the sky. It went all the way to the earth. Jacob's viewpoint, the bottom of the ladder was on the ground. And the top of it went up into the heavens. He couldn't see where it ended, but he could see that the bottom of it was on the earth. I love that the Bible says it that way. It was a heavenly ladder, but it was firmly planted on the ground. It came all the way down. It didn't just come part of the way. It didn't just float in the sky. It was set up on the ground. God doesn't just come down to the upper echelon. He doesn't just come down for those that are flying high and on top of their game. He comes all the way down to those that are in the gutter, to those that are down on their luck, to those that have fallen down. He comes all the way down to the earth. You say, oh, pastor, I've been knocked down. He come down for you. You say, oh, you don't know where I've been. I may not have, but the Lord does. And this ladder from heaven comes all the way to the ground. It comes down to where you are. You may have been knocked down. You may have felt like you're at the end of the road. I've come to tell you today, the ladder from heaven will come all the way down to where you are. His ladder reaches all the way down to the bottom. That's why when the mighty God in Christ, when he came to this earth, when he robed himself in flesh, he came all the way down. He came down to the stable in a barnyard in Bethlehem. He didn't stop it the temple. He didn't stop at the throne room. He came down to the trough. He went down to the manger. He went down to the feeding trough of the livestock. That's the very bottom. But he said, I want every man and every woman to know it doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic level is. It doesn't matter what your educational level is. The ladder from heaven is for you and for me. It's for every single person. Regardless, it's for everybody. The gospel. The gospel is for every single individual. It comes all the way to the earth. He didn't come for perfect people. He doesn't come for the top tier. He comes for those that are on the bottom. Those that are at the end of the rope. Even humans, I think, have a tendency to float in the clouds sometimes. Try to spiritualize everything. Oh, the Lord told me this. Oh, the Lord showed me this. Sometimes if we're not careful, we float around with our head in the skies. God is a very practical God. He's very pragmatic. God is not like that. If I can say it this way, He's down to earth. Oh, hallelujah. I said He's down to earth. 
He doesn't take the ladder from heaven and just keep it up floating around in the clouds. He comes all the way back down to the earth. I like that. I'm going to make that sound again. We may need new carpet after that, but I like that. You know what's cool about that rocket that SpaceX is launching up there? Series of rockets. Goes up and launches satellites and does whatever it does. And comes right back. I don't know how it does. They used to drop them in the ocean and we had to go retrieve them with ships. But they somehow designed that rocket where it'll come back, hover over pad 39A and come right back down. And land right back down there on the earth. Now that's cool. I have no idea how they do that. But that's some cool stuff. And that rocket comes right back down to the earth. Oh, my friend, it doesn't help you any if you float around in the clouds. Somebody said you can jump as high as you want, but when you land, you got to walk straight. I said you got to walk straight. you got to come back down to earth. Why? Because the ladder of heaven goes all the way to the earth. you got to get your feet on some solid principles of God's word. you got to say, hey, I'm going to live according to what the Bible teaches me. Oh, my friend, God didn't save us for us all to drift around in the clouds like angels. Even the angels have got a ladder that goes to the earth. I don't know why this is not my notes, but I feel like preaching this. Maybe somebody needs this today. Oh, my friend, you got to get your feet firmly planted on the principles of God's word. We're still in this world. we got to walk in this world. He called you to be a witness. He didn't call you to hide yourself in some sort of enclave. He called you to be in the streets and the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Why? Because the answer to the ills of our society is a God that's got a ladder that goes to the earth. He can feed you if you're hungry. He can heal you if you're hurting. He can bring joy if there's sadness. He can bring peace if there's trouble. It's the God that we serve. And that same ladder is reaching all the way down to us today. The next thing that we see about this ladder from heaven and how it parallels the birth of Christ is that the angels, you remember in both the passages that we read in our text, the angels were ascending and descending in both cases. Do you remember when we read that? It said the angels were ascending and descending. I believe that's significant. It speaks to the fact that, that angels are the, are the highway system, as it were, of heaven. They bridge the gap between deity and humanity. They're messengers. They deliver. They're like FedEx, UPS, USPS, and Amazon all rolled up into one. Angels. The Bible said they can camp around about us. But you won't catch them on your ring doorbell video. But they camp round about us. You can feel their presence sometimes. But many times you're not even aware of their presence. The Bible says we entertain angels unaware. I believe they're all around us. I believe they're around us even right now today. The angels of heaven are ascending and descending. They're all around us. They're ministering. They're, 
They're here to help us when we're suffering. They're here to minister to us. They're here to protect us. They're here when you're in trouble. How many of you ever been in trouble? The rest of you aren't honest. Everybody's been in trouble. Last year at this time when my son Luke was hit and his car flipped and Emerson and Jupiter up here at the intersection landed upside down with him under it. I got there, he was still underneath the car. They were trying to stabilize it. The police officer told us then and told us since then, 90% of the time he responds to calls like that, there's a fatality. But Luke survived with no broken bones. I believe angels were present. I said, I believe angels were present. A month before that, when I almost drowned, caught offshore, snorkeling in a storm, had to swim back against the current, couldn't make it, was out of breath. I believe angels helped me get back to earth, get back to land, get back to a safe place. For a little over 10 years, I, I had the great privilege of flying float planes in the Amazon with our missionary, Benny DeMerchant. And the last time I was down there, we were riding in the truck and his wife said, Benny, tell David about that angel you saw. He said, he don't care about no angel. She said, tell him about it. He finally got coaxed into it. And he said, you know that Indian village we flew up to on the other side of that waterfall? I said, yeah, I remember it was about a four-hour flight. I'd been up there with him a couple times. He said, I was bringing supplies up there, and I fell asleep. I said, you fell asleep? He said, I did. I had to fly up there by myself, and I didn't know when you were going to come back and visit me from Florida, so I had to go ahead and make a run. He said, I got up there and got up in the air, and I don't know if it was the humidity or the hum of the engine, but he said, I fell asleep. And he said, when I woke up, he said, I looked beside me, and there was a man sitting there at the controls, flying my airplane. He said he had four stripes on his shoulder. And he said, I blinked and looked over there again and there was nobody there. He said, I looked back at my instruments. He said, everything was the same. He said, I don't even know how long I was asleep. But the heading was the same. The altimeter, the altitude was the same. He said, everything was the same when I had left it. Even the fuel was the same. I'm going to tell you, when God takes care of you, He takes care of everything. He'll even restore the fuel in the vehicle. I feel the Holy Ghost to say right now, there's some of you that have had losses in your life, and you're feeling right now, it won't ever be the way that it was before. I've come to tell you what the Word of God says. The latter will be greater than the former. God's got blessings for you that you know not of. You say, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about that, Pastor. I've, I've made too many mistakes. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I was talking to a pastor this past week in Texas who told me he was raised in a good family. His dad was a church builder. His dad was a home Bible study teacher. His dad was a preacher of the gospel. His dad built a good church. But he said at 14 years old, I was selling drugs at the district campground in Texas to my friends. And by the time I was an 18-year-old, I was a meth addict. And he said, my parents were good parents and I was raised in church, raised on the Texas District United Pentecostal Church campground. But he said, I was a meth addict by the time I was 18 years old. And he said, my life was over. He said, I finally got off of that. I went to alcohol. He said, my life was a wreck. 
But he said, here I am. 40 years later, God's been so good to me. I've come to tell you this ladder goes all the way to the ground. I've come to tell you that the will and the plan of God is that God will reach every single individual. I feel like telling somebody, God will bless you. If you'll make up in your mind, on this December 18th, week before Christmas, I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to let my past determine my future. I've got a God that loves me in spite of my mistakes, in spite of my faults. Brother DeMerchant told me, he said, I just closed my eyes and said, Lord, I thank you. You not only sent me an angel, you sent me a captain. He had four stripes. You didn't send me some angel in training. You didn't send me an angel with limited flying experience. You sent me a captain. And he said, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, he's been flying with you for 50 years. You just saw him for the first time. She cut I've come to tell somebody in this building today, you've never seen, but angels have been watching over you because you've had people that's been praying for you and you've not thought, you thought you've just been walking in this life by yourself. But there's a ladder in heaven that got set up and there's been angels that have been ascending and descending. You're not by yourself. You're not all alone. You're not just here eking out an existence from paycheck to paycheck. You are in the divine will and plan of God. And God's got a calling. God's got a destiny for your life. God will not force himself into your life, but if you'll give him access, he'll set up a ladder. He'll be an ever-present help in a time of need. You got to give heaven access to your life. You got to give heaven access to your heart. In both the story of Jacob and Bethlehem, the angels are ascending first. It doesn't say they were descending and ascending. It says in both cases, they were ascending and descending. They're not in heaven coming down to earth to check on us. They're here already. They live here. They abide here. They ascend to intercede. They ascend to intervene. They ascend to glorify. They ascend to praise. They ascend to deliver, but they descend to protect. They descend to minister. It would be good for you and I who are of this earth, earthly, for us to get a revelation of that pattern. For those of us that have tasted of the heavenly gift, it would be good for us to remember this pattern. We must ascend in worship and in prayer and in praise before we decide to address the issue. Before we descend to deal with it in our own natural way, it would be good for us to ascend by saying, I'm going to bless the Lord before I do anything else. I'm going to praise God anyhow. I know there's a lot of things that are going to be facing you when you leave these doors in a few minutes. uh, But for just a moment, uh, we're going to ascend into the presence of God. For just a moment, I'm going to say, bless the Lord with all of my heart. Uh, For just a moment, I'm going to rejoice. uh, And I'm going to ascend before I descend. uh, Because at the other end of the ladder is the divine presence uh, and the plan of God. Uh, But I can lift up my voice. Uh, I can lift up my hands. Uh, I can glorify God. By ascending in worship. 
Why don't you do that right now all over this building? Would you lift up your hands and your voice? Would you ascend through your worship? I know you're hurting. I know you're struggling. But for just a moment, I'm going to ascend in praise. I'm going to ascend and glorify you, Lord. Come on, that's it. The ladder will reach into heaven. I know it's set up on earth, but if you praise him, it'll go up into heaven. Your prayers will go up as a memorial before God. Jesus, 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 come on, he's going to lift you to heavenly, come on, he's going to change your perspective, come on, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless His name. You can remain standing. Just as the fullness of God became man as He descended on that ladder. I believe he will lift you and I as we ascend through our worship. More than anything else, Bethlehem was about God becoming man. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came down that ladder. All the way down to the lowest rung. Heavens opened. Shepherds that kept watch were visited by an angelic host. Men in Asia who were stargazers were given a sign that they were so sure of that they traveled for weeks and months to the land of Palestine, the land of promise. What was all this hoopla about? Was it just some grand show? Was it just demonstration of power and majesty? No, my friend. It was to give you and me access to heaven's ladder. He descended that we might ascend. It's just like he told Jacob, one day I'm going to return you back to your homeland. Ladies and gentlemen, one of these days he's going to return us back to our homeland. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. One of these days, ladies and gentlemen, an angel is going to blow a trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up, caught up, caught up.
to meet Him in the air. And so shall we ever be. Even if you just, even if you just take one step, you might not climb the whole ladder today. But what about just that first rung? He got an opportunity to just take a step. Just take a step. I know if you've never been in the presence of God, it's a scary venture. But you're on a firm foundation. God will never leave you nor forsake you. But you'll never know it unless you take that first step. How do you take that first step? Take that first step by just lifting your hands and saying, God, I worship you. You're the God of this world. You're the creator of every living creature. I acknowledge that I need you in my life. Come into my heart right now. That's you taking a step. The next way you take a step is just say, Lord, I'm going to move towards you. Everything inside of me wants to hang on for dear life, but I feel something drawing, calling. That's the presence of God saying, come on, it's going to be all right. He wants to lift you up above the shadows. Sometimes in this earth, we can get so overwhelmed with all of the trials and the troubles that God says, come on, just take a step. I've got you. You won't fall. Perfect love casteth down all fear. I wonder right now how many of you would just take a step from where you're standing. Would you just come to this altar? Say, Lord, here I come. You've put a ladder in my life. you put it here so that I can connect with you. This world is more than just what I see with my natural eye. I'm coming to a spiritual encounter. Come on, just step out of where you're at. Come down to this altar. Lift your hands. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Come on, I believe an angel will walk with you. You're not by yourself. I know there's been times you felt all alone, even this week. You've wondered where God is. He's been there all the while. You've never seen Him. He's been walking with you. He's been right there with you the whole time. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You've been so faithful, God. I bless your name today, Lord. So good to me, Lord. Every breath that I am made, I receive of the goodness of God. Yes, all my life, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, all my life, you have been so.
Jesus! Yes, in the name of 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 Jesus! Yes,